Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by The Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here, Keep Canada Weird is the venue in which I, Jordan Bonaparte, and my pal, Handsome Aaron Airport, seek out and explore the more offbeat Canadian news stories that caught our eye over the past week. In tonight's episode, which we recorded on June 18th, 2023, Aaron and I share yet another collection of Canadian stories that will have you questioning the sanity of yourself and those around you. We're going to roll our eyes at the worst grandparent that showed up for a children's track meet in Kelowna. We'll consider if we should get behind the Alberta man who is running around about Tim Horton's Walnut Crunch Donuts. And we'll explain the story behind the three-armed woman who found her way into a Toronto mayoral candidate's campaign brochure. So let's get into it. Handsome Aaron Airport. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you too. I, I said it as a setup to get you to say it back to me. Thanks, pal. Means a lot. Because it's Father's Day and because you're a father, although I knew what you were doing, I let you have it. Thank you, buddy. He gave me one. But you're a dad too. Mm-hmm. You're a cat dad. That's and right. Yeah. You take very. You probably take better care of your cat than I do my children. So. I I guarantee I do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Let's move on, though. We don't know who's listening to this. How's life? What's what's new? What's up? <laughs> Not much. Just enjoying the tail end of the weekend here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, though. I'm a little hungover today. I was oh, out no. last night. Yeah. Oh, how late were you? Very late. Much later than I'm used to being out. It was all accidental. No, how late? Seriously. I think I got home at like maybe, God, 2.30 or something okay. in the morning. Okay. Um, anything you can say about it? Like, well, how did this happen? Well, I went out for dinner with some friends and then, you know, started having some glasses of wine and then ended up at a bar called the Black Diamond that I think oh. you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. And there was karaoke there last oh, night. No. Did you end up it, on stage? No, I did not. I never do karaoke ever, ever, ever. Okay. Um, even, even under the influence, I won't do it. But uh yeah it was kind of cool because it was like a young kind of hipster crowd there so like all of these you know 20 something hipsters showed up and were just having a blast so it was just fun to watch them okay um and they were singing a lot of older like songs that were like that you and i grew up on Uh, okay so they were saying it kind of like they were singing them almost ironically you know like when we were like 19 and 20 we'd like someone would get up and do like sweet caroline yeah yeah but they're doing that for that with like the killers yeah 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 (laughs) oh well i'm sorry to hear you're hungover have you like how bad is it like are you okay to do this right now no i'm actually just popped on to say that i can't do the show tonight (laughs) well well okay we're not we won't do the show but i do got a air of voicemail for you (laughs) okay um there's nothing to do with the show though i'm not recording 
This uh, a listener named Joe wanted to share some support for you and some of your opinions that you um, shared last week about what I, I think we can call like virtue signaling content creators. I'm going to play mm -hmm. you jo Joe's message and maybe that will give you like the, the wake up you need to carry on. Listen to this. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Aaron. This is uh, Joe from the Midwest in the States. And I just needed to call in and uh, thank Aaron for taking to task all these faux altruistic TikTok dudes who give money and gift cards to people for just being just good people. It's I could go down a whole rabbit hole of why these things just annoy the out of me. And uh, I just wanted to say it's good to have somebody else on my team. Thanks, Aaron. I really appreciate it because it's really not being a good person, uh, what they're doing. It's really, uh, honestly, what it is is virtue signaling, which is pretty ugly and pretty gross. So anyway, just want to let you guys know that. Uh, thanks again. Uh, keep up the great work. You guys are really doing a good thing out there. All right. Thanks. Take care. Bye. So you're not the only one who feels that way. Joe was sick of it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Team Joe. Oh, I need it. I need a T-shirt or a cap or something for Team Joe. Yeah, Team Joe. Yeah. When people say the Midwest, do you know? Then they're talking about somewhere in the U.S. What is the Midwest? Is that like Ohio? Well, if you go west and then go to the middle of west, that's where the Midwest is. But wouldn't the West just continue? Like the West is a direction, so wouldn't it just continue indefinitely? And there would be no middle. <laughs> well, that's a bigger question for another time. Okay, let's not get into it. Yeah. We got to go quick because I can see you're turning green there. So we got to start ripping into these stories. We got to oh, wake you yeah. up. Yes, you're right. We got to, often when we pick up the stories, we end up finding a little theme. Um, mm -hmm. This week that didn't happen, but a theme may very well present itself. Uh, to keep Canada weird, what we're going to do tonight is talk about the man who's running for Tim Horton's Walnut Crunch Donut. We're going to talk about the interesting way politics and artificial intelligence have merged in Toronto. And then we'll head to Kelowna, BC to hear about the worst granddad at the track meet. Where should we start with this? Let's, um, should we start with the worst granddad? Oh, that's, it a, off? that's a dark, that's a dark start. Let's do it. That's why I think, yeah, we should just get it over with. Uh, I don't know how to set this up other than telling you a little bit about what happened. You may have seen this story in the news because it's been in the news and it's ugly. A woman named Heidi Starr went to her daughter's track and field meet in Kelowna just last week. She thought she'd be cheering her daughter on. Instead, she was shielding her daughter from a nutcase grandfather's accusations. Here's what happened. Mark! In Kelowna last Thursday at the Apple Bowl track meet, Heidi Starr says her daughter was getting ready for a shot put event when a man stepped forward. He said, hey, this is a girls event, why are boys throwing? Starr says the man pointed at her daughter, who she doesn't want named, and another girl. Both have short hair. I stepped forward and I said, sir, are you talking about my child? Because she's a girl. He says, if, uh, said if they're not... Uh, they're not real girls. Uh, if they're not boys, they're trans. Dozens of students and parents looked on as Star says a woman accompanying the man started yelling. We're genital mutilators and groomers. Uh, and then uh, the man himself started demanding to see a certificate proving that my daughter's uh, my, that my daughter was born 
a girl. Starr took a picture of the man who she thinks is a grandparent of a student. She says he was eventually escorted away. RCMP are investigating. Mounties haven't confirmed the man's identity and CTV isn't identifying him. A statement from the school district says they've confirmed the identity of those who, quote, accosted the student and will ban them from their property and events. As for Starr's daughter, it shook her up hard. She was in and out of tears crying all day right through to bedtime. She was there and she was pointed at, but so was another child who just ran away. Star says her family is receiving many messages of support. Her daughter turns 10 Thursday. Her wish that the incident inspires change. I don't know where to go with that one. Other mm -hmm. than I get that there's like a culture kind of war that's happening in and around this topic. But I think the idea of a grandfather uh, kind of interrupting a track meet to accuse a nine-year-old in front of a crowd. It's just, how can you be that awful of a person? And it's a, like a nine-year-old track meet. So even if you were going to accuse someone of, like, I think they're on steroids, it's still it's a bunch of nine-year-olds. Just leave them. Yeah, it's not the Olympics. You yeah, know? let them run. <laughs> yeah, that's what really what it's all about is letting the children run. Yeah. Or exercising for fun. Yeah, I... Like, uh, I just, it's... what's the, but you see that like, not to this extreme, like this is a fairly extreme example that we're talking about, but mm -hmm. um, parents can get carried away at these uh, competitive events for children. Like, you know, they go to see their kids or their grandkids play hockey or football or, or running track or whatever it is. And they get wild. There ends up being fights up in the stands over, you know, yeah. if something was a penalty or whatever. Yeah. People... Yeah. Yeah. And people just, they get really too worked up over it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know how else really to, to but I mean, what that's a, that's a really public display of hate and, and ignorance and, and uh, just, just being out of line and being a, a, a bit of a clown and this guy when you hear him talk so this granddad when we first heard that story they didn't name him and the, they blurred no. his photo and all this stuff he does eventually talk to um the news broadcaster in a follow-up that was aired the next day uh to give his side of the story and he kind of doubles down a bit uh listen oh, to this okay listen to this Joseph Desar admits he asked a school official at a Kelowna track meet last week if the shot put event was co-ed that's because he saw a child with short hair who he thought might be a boy. So it's girls' competition. And I reply and I said, well, I felt there is a boy standing next to my granddaughter. And that was all it's been said. Tassar telling CTV News he only spoke to one official, never any of the girls. And I'm entitled to ask and I always will ask questions if I'm not sure. It's unclear how the girl's mom would have heard the private conversation. The man himself started demanding to see a certificate proving that my daughter's, uh, my, that my daughter was born a girl. I said, exactly what are you looking for? I said, my daughter was born a girl. If that person was the child's guardian, that person could have gone to the administration in the right place and time and raised questions. But disrupting a school event isn't a right that this man has. He has the right to ask questions when he's not sure. And I, and I also liked his story 
it doesn't check out. Like he he in his mind, he kind of approached like the administrator and was like, you know, is this co-ed? Mm -hmm. I just there's a boy there. Um which doesn't really explain like what about the big incident that was in the news like how did they, how did they find out about all that yeah stuff? his his telling of the story is wildly different from everybody else's version <laughs> of the story uh imagine and, and he's he's complaining about you know he's he's trying to say that oh there's a boy competing when when it should only be girls or whatever but this guy uh is clearly on steroids you see yeah. his, uh, <laughs> he's a big picture. guy <laughs> he looks he looks completely roided out yeah seriously. so i think he should be you know approached by the committee to say yes but you're on steroids and that's uh that's not allowed at the track game either yeah for the children mm -hmm. uh imagine being his his grandchild you're at school with all your friends and your granddad does this kind of display and he's on the news doubling down on it oh what a disgusting incident Oh, what a loser. It just uh, it's yeah, it sucks for his his grandkids that's gonna be dealing with this for however long to come and to have to uh, try to go to school in the shadow of her completely nutso grandfather. Uh I think I just found the theme for our episode. It's a mini steroids. Theme. No, it's not steroids, it's running. Running. This, this is the story. Oh yeah, okay. Of a, yeah. of a track and field meet in Kelowna, BC, that got interrupted by a lunatic, overzealous granddad. But we can. We also have another running-related story. This is a uh, a man in Alberta who is running well to raise awareness for the limited time mm -hmm. nature of Tim Horton's Walnut Crunch Donut. We talked about it maybe two weeks ago you yeah. had the donut you thought it sucked you thought it was a chocolate donut with glaze and a walnut i believe oh. how you describe i mean it. legally a walnut i'm not sure that, <laughs> that would have to send to be sent to a lab to see if it was legally a walnut or not <laughs> uh i didn't mind it i had it i thought it was okay but there's a man in alberta who is taking serious issue with the fact that it's only a limited time comeback of this uh, legendary classic donut among Tim Horton's purists. Uh, he wants to keep it on Tim Horton's menu for years to come. And the I guess the best way he can think to do that is by running to raise awareness. Here's the story of Alberta's walnut crunch loving runner, Zachary Gerond. Uh, so basically, uh, I was super excited a few weeks back. I'd heard that the walnut crunch was coming back to Tim Horton's and uh, it had been a long time favorite donut of mine until they got rid of it. Um, so once I heard it was coming back, I was very, very excited, um, but then a little bit disappointed when I found out it was only gonna be for a limited time. So I started brainstorming ideas and ways in which I could try and make sure that it doesn't stay for a limited time and comes back for good. And uh, so I started running and biking to raise awareness and to advocate for the Walnut Crunch. And how's that gone so far? So far, so good. I've done uh, three main events. I've done a 30 kilometer bike ride. I did a half marathon and then I did a, what I'm calling a tour to Airdrie of the Airdrie Tim Hortons, where I ran to each Tim Hortons and Airdrie, all five, ate a Walnut Crunch at each one and then made my way back home and tagged them in it to try and uh, get a response or something from Tim Hortons. Have you had any sort of response from them? Nothing yet. I'm, I'm optimistic that, you know, maybe they're taking me super seriously and want to uh, really take into consideration all avenues of if they were to decide to keep it or not. So the optimistic side of me thinks they're all in a boardroom right now, kind of hashing it out on, okay, what are we going to do about this guy uh, <laughs> raising so much uh, commotion about the Walnut Crunch? A free advertising, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Why the Walnut Crunch? Why not the 
glazed or the honey dip or chocolate dip or to me it encompasses everything that a donut should be it's the it's the perfect shape it's got the chocolate donut which is my favorite um, it's got some walnuts in it for protein and it actually works out to be a really good uh, calorie snack for uh, while running and whatnot to try and ensure I don't run too large of a calorie deficit uh, while running longer distances. And I guess finally, what is your, like, what's your end game and your hope when, when this all is said and done, I guess? Well, uh, I'm hoping that they'll either, you know, agree to giving me some sort of challenge or something to ideally keep the walnut crunch, whether that be a long distance run or a petition or fundraise money for one of their charities. Um, alternatively, I would be willing to negotiate to maybe have it come back every year for X amount of years uh, on a seasonal, if that makes more sense for them financially. It's kind of awkward to listen to because you hear the baby crying the whole time for whatever yeah. reason. It like I, I, his baby is cute, so I could see the reporter being like, "Hold the baby for a sec while we get you there." But to like kind of have to soothe the crying mm -hmm. baby for like a three minute interview about running and donuts, it's made for a little awkward. But anyway, as far as this guy's mission to simply raise awareness, it he didn't come straight out and say it, but he did have some demands: either keep the donut or bring it back on like a seasonal rotational basis uh i'm not surprised he hasn't heard from tim hortons yet though yeah i'm not surprised either like it's just such a weird thing to threaten tim hortons with like not threaten them but like you would think he would start something and say i'm not going to stop until you promise to keep the walnut crunch around forever yes that's right so, like i'm i'm gonna run I'm going to keep running laps around this country. Yeah. Or I'm like, I'm going to go on a hunger strike yeah. or until you agree to, to keep the walnut crunch. But he's, mm -hmm. what, what he's saying is I'm going to offer to run. If you <laughs> keep the walnut crunch. Yeah. And then it, everyone and every executive at Tim Hortons is saying, we don't care like if you <laughs> run or not like, yeah i wonder because he is a runner he talked about like you know this is good for when i'm running and he had like running clothes on so it's not like he just picked up running to raise awareness he's just doing what he was already doing like nothing has changed he's not running more no, no. he's just gonna keep living it's like i'm going to vacuum my carpet if you let me if you keep the walnut crunch you know i'm gonna do a regular everyday thing mm. so what should he do then should he keep running and be like i'm gonna die on the highway if you don't bring this back exactly. and the blood yeah, is on your get hands radical get radical if he's so passionate about the terrible walnut crunch that he wants to keep like first off his description of the perfect donut <laughs> I, I would like to have any professional chef uh come on the show and challenge this man's definition of the perfect donut the perfect shape have you seen the shape of the new walnut crunch it looks it's a like a big blob it looks like a poop emoticon it's like it's not terrible. even because it's flatter and like harder it looks like you dropped dough on a pan and put it in the oven like there's no shaping it just dropped there just yeah a big, it's just a big blob of chocolate it's like when the it's oh, like no. when your kid leaves out the play-doh for a couple of days and you find it in a big gooey ball like hardened in the corner like mm -hmm. oh my god he didn't put the play-doh away it's perfect it's a perfect donut now <laughs> i didn't <laughs> uh, know that you could leave play-doh out and it turns into perfect donuts he did the tour de audrey which I, th I believe is a community that has five tim hortons he ran from tim hortons to tim hortons buying a walnut crunch donut and eating it at each 
uh, five walnut crunch donuts in one day while running. Like he must have felt like crap after that. Oh my god! And and he he says like, oh, the it's 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 a it's a perfect uh, you know to, to, snack um, to to run with because the protein in it from the walnuts or to avoid a calorie deficit. Yeah, it's like there's no walnuts in it, man. Like you're not getting any protein from the walnut crunch. Yeah. You're not getting any walnuts. I well, had it. He just meant the cal. Like he's like, if I'm out running and I'm burning calories while running, I need something so that I don't, you know, wear yeah. myself out. So, this but he mentioned me the walnuts too. Um, oh, the, did he? The, yeah, well, the protein. Bring walnuts the in your pocket. You don't need to. Yeah, yeah, or almonds or something. <laughs> oh, this guy's a nightmare. No, actually, mm -hmm. I'm I'm going to take that back. I. In a way, I support this kind of civil. It's not civil disobedience. No, I don't support. No, it. it's not. No, it's it's unsupportable because it's not anything. <laughs> yeah. It's not anything. Yeah, yes. If he ramps it up like five levels, maybe then I'll support it. Yeah, if he if he again if he starts running and refuses to stop unless the big wigs at at Horton's Co or whatever it's called is gonna. <laughs> You know. <laughs> what if he uh, promised to keep the walnut crunch? Um, there was these people who did this protest in Toronto. They had the 401, which is a massive highway. And I guess someone got like spe a speeding ticket for just going slightly over. And their their point was like, if I was going slightly over, I would be going slower than the speed of traffic. And I would have caused like, you know, traffic to back up. So as protest, what they did was I think a group of them drove side by side. So they took up all the lanes and drove the speed limit uh during rush hour and like cause just gridlock behind them <laughs> uh this guy could maybe as a sign of protest he could take like do like a running version of that where he could run on like the main street in that town as fast as he can which is slow for a car and just do it during rush hour and you know maybe continue to do that until tim hortons keeps the donut I think this story is gonna when we get an update to the story it's probably gonna have a a dark um, you know, kind of a dark turn and twist to it when he shows up at Tim Horton's headquarters with a dynamite strapped to his stomach. Yeah. <laughs> you remember me? Remember <laughs> me? No one took me seriously. We're now gonna blow. <laughs> well, not crunch forever. <laughs> That's bordering on the story of a crime, which I think will serve as a segue to our next story. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. A man strapping dynamite to himself and going to Tim Hortons uh, to protest the limited time nature of a walnut crunch donut would be a Canadian crime. But this next story, which involves maple syrup, canola oil, um, sadly, international borders and methamphetamine is also a very Canadian crime story. This one I haven't seen in the news in Canada, but I'm seeing it on international news. And in fact, a listener from New Zealand sent me this story because it takes place in their country. Listen to this. Oh, okay. 
It ended here, a sophisticated, coordinated takedown of a Canadian crime group in a Melbourne apartment. Police! Police! Exposing a secret operation that started on our shores six months ago. 713 kilograms of meth found in maple syrup bottles had been seized at the New Zealand border. Enough for 35 million doses, our largest border seizure ever, by 100 kilograms. The crime syndicate used Canada as a launch pad. Once we intercepted our haul, it was kept secret, while New Zealand police tipped off Australian authorities. So we just had to be patient and hold off so that the Australians could complete the work that they needed to do. What was being sent their way? This is one of the largest attempted imports of liquid methamphetamine into Australia. Packaged in canola oil bottles, it was... Worth an eye-watering $1.7 billion. And also stopped by the Canadian Border Authority. This includes the largest seizure of methamphetamine in CBSA history. It disrupts an international drug smuggling plot to send drugs down under. We're always looking. <laughs> We're always looking. And New Zealand police have eyes all over the world. Hmm. I don't mm -hmm. know what to say about that other than I love the way Australian and New Zealanders say meth. Meth. <laughs> meth. Uh, I'm surprised <laughs> to hear that, that when you hear of like these massive, massive drug smuggling rings, you, you, Canada usually is maybe like a, a, a stop along the way. Like they may ship through yeah. here or something, but the sounds of these, the, these news reports make it sound as though this is like a Canadian based drug cartel, not, you know, coming from like South of the border or something that, that kind of surprises me. And, and it's, yeah. it's large. Like they said, uh, it's New Zealand's largest ever drug bust at the border by, I think they said 100 kilos, but there was only 170 kilos of it. So it's like twice as much as they've ever found there before. So this is a major thing. And they're putting the Canadian flag on it by using canola oil and maple syrup bottles. And maple syrup. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, I think that was the, the thought process behind it was let's use products that are Canadian, that are innocent, you know, that everybody trusts, canola oil and maple syrup, right? Mm. And so no one's going to suspect that there's going to be methamphetamines or meth, uh, meth. smuggled <laughs> smuggled in uh, maple syrup, of mm. all things. Is nothing sacred? No, no, nothing is sacred. This world is upside down. Uh, in a world of chaos and temporary walnut crunches, how can we even get out of bed in the morning? Mm -hmm. But it's uh, it's it's sad to see our uh, two of our products kind of um, dragged through the dirt like that. Although you know, well, we... no, 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 no. I don't think it's being dragged through the dirt. I think it's it's getting some spunk and rock and roll put into oh, it. Oh yeah, it's like the uh, the dark era. Yeah, it's hardened our main export. Yeah, yeah, it's like. How rock and roll and cool is Canada now, man? They yeah. smuggle meth and maple syrup. Like they're the <laughs> coolest. Yeah. Um, you know, canola oil, we we call it canola oil. That's a Canadian export that comes from Canada. You know, we use it in place of vegetable oil for a lot of mm -hmm. people, uh, or peanut oil. Um it's called canola oil to avoid calling it what it actually is. Do you know what it really is? No, no, you I'm know? interested to hear. Canola oil is actually like the actual name of it is rapeseed oil. Oh, and they okay. named it canola oil because I think people aren't cool with 
Yeah, I could see that being challenging to Marcus. Yeah. Rapeseed oil. Yeah. <laughs> so they came up with canola. And I think that's like Canadian like, or something. Canola? Canadian oil? Maybe that's where they come up with the name. I don't know the whole origin of oh, it. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Canola it means nothing to me other than what, what I know it as is the oil. Mm -hmm. um, and maple syrup, does that mean anything to you? That means sweet, uh, buttery, soft pancakes. When I do you ever get pancakes from McDonald's? Oh, the hot cakes. They don't yeah. call them pancakes. Yeah, I know. They it's call ridiculous. them hot cakes. It's yeah. ridiculous. And if you go through the drive-thru <laughs> and you order well, if you go through the drive-thru <laughs> and you're like, I'll have an order of pancakes and a coffee, and they'll be like, Okay, so one hot cakes and a coffee. And you're like, Whatever. Yeah. Hot mm -hmm. cakes. Mm -hmm. I'll play that game. Just like when you go to Starbucks and you're like, I'll have a medium coffee and they're like an El Dante Grande. You're like, whatever. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, McDonald's, when I find their pancakes or hotcakes or whatever, it, they kind of like cook them with maple syrup. So you don't got to put syrup on them. It's like it's in there. It's delicious. I just oh, have... well, it's like it's like the McGriddle, which is, uh, you know, the basically like a breakfast sandwich within the hotcakes. Mm, yeah. So good. Yeah, I just got them on the mind because we had them this morning. Um, mm -hmm. And also because the next story I want to talk to you about involves mcdonald's although there's a bit of a mystery still within this this is something you may have seen pop up in the news about a man in british columbia who's suing mcdonald's due to um, finding a metal bolt in their food but this story although it's it's in the news and being covered there's still a lot of a lot of unknowns i'm going to read you a little bit of this and i want you to tell me what's happening over in bc mm -hmm. at mcdonald's roman tromery a carpenter was dining at, I don't know why they mentioned that. Roman Chomri, a carpenter, was dining at a McDonald's in New Westminster, BC in November of 2021 when he purchased the allegedly contaminated food, according to a civil claim he submitted to the BC Supreme Court earlier this month. The claim alleges Chomri suffered injury, loss, and damage due to the restaurant's negligence. Eating the bolt allegedly injured his teeth and jaw and led to indigestion, food phobia, weight loss, low immunity, mental distress, panic attacks, stress, anxiety, depressive disorder, and insomnia, according to court documents. Traumary claims the incident caused a loss of a loss of past and future income and diminished his enjoyment of life. The defendants owed a duty of care to the plaintiff to produce and supply food free of any contamination, specifically metal bolts, the claim read. Online court records do not yet include a response to the lawsuit from the defendants, which is McDonald's Restaurants of Canada, and the manager and franchisee of the McBride Boulevard location, but they have until June 23rd to file the response. In a statement they issued to CTV News via McDonald's Canada's media release team, Joe Guzzo, the franchisee, says, my team takes food safety seriously and we strive to maintain the highest quality food safety standards at our restaurants. I'm unable to comment further as this is a legal matter. And it doesn't mm -hmm. and it doesn't yet say what uh, what he's looking to get financially out of this, like what how much he's going for. But when you hear it, the the side effects or the damage this man's facing as a result of putting a bolt in his mouth, it's pretty intense. Yeah, and I think I have a theory as to why they mentioned specifically in the article that he's a carpenter. Mm hmm. Because that could come up later, like during the trial or whatever it turns out to be. McDonald's might make the argument that because he's a carpenter, it's theoretically possible that he had bolts on him. Oh. <laughs> and, that's, <laughs> and that's how it ended up in his burger. 
Ah, I wonder, because I read that and it's like, I didn't know why they made a point to say, you know, it's it starts like so-and-so, a carpenter, and then says a bunch mm -hmm. of stuff. And I never put two and two together that it was a bolt. Maybe he had the bolt on his hand. Yeah, maybe it was in his pocket or something. It fell in, you know, out of his shirt. pocket. It fell into his food when he didn't notice. And so maybe McDonald's lawyers could say, hey, you know, it's the, kind the of ironic. Probably that the... the guy's a carpenter, you know, yeah. and mm. uh, so maybe they're going to try and take that angle with it. Yeah. But we, even if, regardless of that in their defense, it sounds like he heard his teeth and his jaw eating it. So that would tell me he bit into the bolt and you're you know you would spit it out of course if you bit into a big bolt which makes which which makes me question how did he then suffer like indigestion and all these other sort of things like if you put if you bit into something and spit it out how could that give you indigestion well i assumed he swallowed it if he's if he had indigestion issues how did he swallow it if it hurt his teeth like there's no way well, maybe bite a he bolt. bit i mean i'm just trying to wrap my mind around it and think you know put myself in the moment he bites into it and maybe just assumes i don't know yeah and swallows Did you ever, it like, afterwards bite, like, like you know you bite into something and there's like a bone i usually stop seat. chewing and then i i go in for closer inspection as to what i just bit well, and it's like you don't even think about it though it's an immediate thing when you bite into something you're like whoa like what the hell <laughs> But imagine a bolt. That's not like biting, like you know, a little like yeah piece of a bone or something like that. Unless it's a very tiny bolt. But yeah, like I don't know. I'd have to see pictures of it. There's a lot we don't know. There's a lot we can't see right now. Mm -hmm. But we do uh, know it's a carpenter, and it's kind of ironic that a carpenter managed to bite into a bolt. Yeah, is that ironic, or is that just well? I don't know the. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's ironic, but it's just... Um, it's certainly interesting. If anyone has a bolt sticking in the collar of their shirt that they didn't know about and they lean in to bite a burger and it falls down into the burger, it's probably a carpenter. It'd be funny if, if it was like, um, instead of him being a carpenter, he was Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be a bolt, though. That'd be... No, he's got bolts in his neck. Oh, yeah, bolts in his neck. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm mixing yeah. up a, a bolt and a nut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got bolts in his neck. Okay. So he'd be like, he'd be like, uh, a monster, Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> <Bit into it. laughs> um, but I'm th now that I'm thinking of it, I was in my mind, I was playing this out with the guy biting into a nut. Like you were circle. thinking of a nut. Yeah. A bolt is even worse. A bolt is generally bigger. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I, I but I'm know only this. picturing the cartoonish Frankenstein bolts in, his, in in a monster's neck. Yeah. Well, I don't know where this is going to go, but mm -hmm. uh, we'll have to well, follow this. this is, our theme is quickly turning from uh, from running. running to Halloween <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's not a lot of running stories in the news this week. No. Um, well, we'll have to get running on that. Yeah. But how are you feeling? I know you you said you were hungover. We well, I was glad we didn't record tonight because, you know, I just wasn't feeling up to it, but it was nice just to kind of hang out with you. Yeah, chat, catch up. Chat and catch we'll, up, yeah. We'll reschedule for like maybe midweek if you're not drinking. Yeah, I can't, I, I can't predict the future. <laughs> um, before I let you go from this phone call, anything you got <laughs> coming up, anything on your mind? Anything well, should we do one more story? 
I I will. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Who's my... hungover now, Mister? <laughs> I forgot my favorite story of the. Entire... I know you were pumping it up earlier, and the next thing you know, you forgot completely about it. I'm like, he's trying to sign off on me right now. I'm hungover. I guess it's too much partying on. Uh, yeah, too many, too many flea markets for you. Well, you know I'm into AI, artificial intelligence, chat GPT, people putting in prompts and making like the computer come up with cool images and stuff and such. Uh, I I do it and I'm into it and I think of how it's going to affect the world uh, in the future because I'm thinking that's kind of years away. But no, it's actually becoming a political matter right now in Toronto as a Toronto mayoral candidate used AI generated images in a um, the kind of a pamphlet, like a, a campaign brochure, uh, not realizing that AI certainly isn't perfected yet. Listen mm -hmm. to what, listen to this guy's blunder. They look like concerned Toronto citizens, but look closer. The woman on the left appears to have a third arm and an extra hand touching her chin. The bizarre image was part of the campaign material for mayoral candidate Anthony Fury. Staff confirmed the image was generated by artificial intelligence, which can generate realistic pictures from text prompts. Other images in his materials also appeared automatically generated. A photo of tents in a park seemed to show more tents than news footage. And this photo of street disorder is a lot worse than real footage of supervised injection sites. Observers say the tech is so easy to use and so convincing, we are already in a new era of campaigning. How and when do they promote kind of misinformation or disinformation or an illusion? Take a look at how quickly this can be done. I can type in Toronto Tent City and within a couple seconds, you get all of these images. Easy to generate, but if treated as photos, they could mislead voters. We won't be able to distinguish um, the real thing uh, from the representation. The representation may take over. We caught up with Fury at a campaign event. What was a three-armed woman doing in your campaign brochures? I'm kind of, I guess, flattered to see that uh, the, the biggest complaint was uh, was an odd image that made its way into that document. But admitted, it might not have gone as planned. It's an early technology, and I'm all about embracing new innovation. I'm going to bring that to City Hall, but the new stuff, uh, you know, clearly we've shown that there's uh, there's some things to be ironed out. You know, he he did a pretty good job of swinging it as a positive. Like, um, he, what he's his response when asked that question at a campaign event, which seemed to be him standing on the sidewalk. Uh, it yeah. was, uh, he said, like, I'm uh, I'm flattered that that was the 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 one thing you could criticize in there. And I'm looking, I like using new technology, and I want to bring that into the you know head office or whatever of Toronto. I think he did a good job of swinging it in his favor, but ultimately. Um, yeah, that's just, I hate AI images and when people use them like that for any reason yeah. other than entertainment at this point. Well, because it's not perfected yet. So like anytime I've used chat GPT or you always have to proofread it. Mm -hmm. So if, if I got chat GPT to write me something or anything, I always read through it and kind of play around with it a bit. Like it, it doesn't completely yeah, spit out a perfect product yet. Yeah, and it doesn't spit out a perfect image. Um, no. to, it, it's odd when you look at it, you see the woman's arm. She kind of has her arms crossed and she has, you know, whatever color. It's like a red shirt. But then there's a separate arm with like a different color shirt on that she's resting her, her chin mm -hmm. on. Uh, pretty ridiculous. I, I'm surprised that this 
I'm not, I guess I'm not surprised, but it's still funny how little people notice with these things. Like someone should have caught this, you know, mm-hmm. like when I put something together, like I'm always triple checking it to make sure like if I'm writing an email or I'm putting together a PowerPoint or something, like I'm always going, going through it, like, and getting someone else to look at it too, to make sure that there's nothing that I, my eyes aren't seeing. Right. Like yeah. this is an official document coming out or whatever it is they're doing. And he's, how did well, not a, have a couple of sets of eyes on it? Yeah, he's a mayoral candidate. So what I'm thinking is maybe he doesn't have a big team behind him and he can't even get good, like he doesn't even have someone to take these photos for him. So he has no choice but to turn to AI. You know, like if you were representing yourself and doing all this stuff yourself and you needed a photo to illustrate, you know, that there's a bunch of tents downtown or something like that, mm-hmm. I could see maybe the need to, or, or the how attractive it could be to turn to ai but, well the uh, arm is so like it's so obviously there the third arm <laughs> like it's not it's it's glaring <laughs> yeah it is it's true and it's not even a nice picture to begin with so despite the error no. in the photo it's just uh yeah i just i think it's interesting how ai generated images or text or whatever manages to affect us already in a i don't know i think i worry for the human race um five ten fifteen years in the future it's already too late yeah just enjoy the last couple of weeks that you have of normality Mm -hmm. downhill fast we're circling the drain Mm -hmm. that's right let's start wrapping it up i want to i want to like what a sound effect yeah i want to enjoy the last couple minutes of my night because i know what's you know who knows what tomorrow is going to bring Mm-hmm. Well, uh, fourth arm, maybe. <laughs> Aaron, knows? until next time. Jordan, until next time. Uh, if you have something to say to Tim Hortons and you want them to change the way they do business, think it through before you start doing it. And make sure it's at least something that you wouldn't yeah. normally do because it's pointless if not. Yeah, everything with Tim Hortons is pointless. I want to thank you for helping Aaron and I fulfill our mandate to keep Canada weird. But let us also call out to you for even greater support in this mission. If something weird happens in your neck of the woods or you have an opinion you want to share about one of the stories we covered, we'd love to hear from you. And the best way to contact us is via voice memo sent at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. Now, before we part here, I'm going to end with some thanks. First, a big thanks to Handsome Aaron Airport for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A big shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicol, who provides this series intro and outro voiceovers. And lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you goes out to each and every one of you who listened to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. Now on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed, Lindsay, Merritt, and Katie, Thank you for going premium. And for anyone else out there who wants to support the show, you can do it in a variety of ways. First of all, a premium feed subscription costs only a couple dollars a month and both funds the creation of the show while giving you the episodes two days early, giving them to you ad-free, and giving you access to a full back catalog of episodes and bonus content. If that sounds good, go premium now at patreon.com slash nighttimepodcast. And if you don't want to go premium, you can still help the show by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting your like-minded friends know what we're doing here. 
If anyone listening has any story ideas, wants to give feedback, or would like to contribute a question or a talking point to be aired in an upcoming episode, you can do all that more at nighttimepodcast.com. We hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. Keep Canada Weird is written, hosted, and produced by the Nighttime Podcast. 